the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. It's good to be behind, be behind the back. Let's, let's try that again. Good afternoon, Bay Area. It's good to be behind the microphone again today. Um, I'm looking forward to having a relatively uneventful show, but who knows? There may be some new information that I pass on to you today that will be of benefit to you or someone that you know. First thing I want to do is... Uh, let everyone know that my upcoming estate planning workshop on Saturday morning, February 12th at the Silicon Valley Business Center on Camden Avenue in San Jose near Lee Avenue is already half full. So basically with three weeks to go, half of the 40 places that I have available for that workshop have already been filled by people who have registered. Um, if if more people register and it gets very close to being full um, a week or so before the workshop is happening, I may open up another five to ten spaces because there is room for 60 people in the room I'm in. But I cannot guarantee that. So I'm going to suggest this. If this is something that you've been wanting to do, but you weren't able to make it to one of my workshops last year, and uh, or if you're hearing about it for the first time and you're saying, what is this workshop that, uh, that Bob Bergman's doing? Go to my website at lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B.com. Click on the link for seminars and workshops or workshops and seminars, and you'll see a complete description of what the workshop is all about and then at the bottom, you'll be able to click on a button that will take you straight to the registration at eventbrite.com. You can also go to eventbrite.com directly. That's eventbrite.com and look for the estate planning workshop on February 12, 2022. You'll be able to register that way. You can register more than more than one person. I think I permit up to eight eight people to be registered on one ticket. So if you're coming with a spouse or significant other or other family members or friends, uh, they don't all have to separately book their tickets, although it might be a good idea to separately book a ticket to make sure that uh, that everyone's able to 
uh, get booked, and that way I also know who's coming. Uh, I kind of like knowing who's coming to my workshops before they show up so I can have a sense. Now, I have uh, great information to both present and to give away. Anyone attending the workshop will receive a binder from me that, besides including uh, some important informational articles, also includes my estate planning brochure, the California Consumer Guide to Wills, Living Trusts, and Estate Planning, the 2022 edition, fresh off the presses. And you'll be able to uh, leave uh, with that binder, with my brochure and some other articles in it. And uh, at the end of the workshop, you will now have a sense of what some of the estate planning issues might be that might be important to you and your family. Um, a lot of people have come to my workshop so far, and uh, and I think you'll find it very informative. Uh, there's a couple of people I know that are coming back another time because they didn't get enough the first time around. <laughs> yeah, um, it is informative. I am entertaining, um, and I am I am very knowledgeable at what I do. I've been doing estate planning now for about 39 of my practice years. I've been practicing since 1980. I'm board certified in estate planning, trust, and probate law by the State Bar of California Board of Legal Specialization. This is all I do as an attorney, and uh, it kind of helps in an area like this to be able to work with and speak with someone who's truly expert in the field. Estate planning is not easy. I just want to let you all know that. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Lots and lots and lots of attorneys do wills and trusts. It doesn't mean that they're expert in it. You can go online. You can use one of the online services that I will not mention on the air because I don't want them to get upset with me. But you know who I'm talking about. They're not experts either, and they cause, they also cannot really answer your questions for you. Or you could pick up a book at uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, do your own trust, do your own will, um, and fill out the forms, and, and now you've taken care of it yourself. You're a do-it-yourself kind of person. You work on your own car engine. You paint your own house. Uh, you make repairs to your own roof. Uh, you fix your own plumbing, and you do your own estate plan. Now, I will tell you, all those things I just mentioned, I don't do any of them. I have experts paint my house. I have an expert plumber fix the plumbing in my house. I have expert roofers and expert mechanics, and uh, and I really don't do anything for myself unless I'm expert in it. Um, well, I take that back. I will cook for myself and occasionally cook for my family. Um, and uh, I love tinkering with software on my computer. I do a lot of installation and maintenance of my own computer systems, which I've learned how to do over the years. Uh, I'm an early adopter of the personal computer, uh, all the way back to the Tandy Radio Shack uh, TRS Model 3. If you've been around for a while, you know about the 
the Trash 80 Model 3. That's what we used to affectionately call it. That's how far back I go with computers. And even though I'm not an engineer, many of my engineering friends have told me that I probably should have been an engineer because of the way I think and the way I process information. So I want to encourage you to come to that workshop. It is free. Uh, That means um, no obligation, Uh, no obligation to come see me, no obligation to stay, no obligation to do anything other than come and get some information. Um, I may at this workshop have the ability for people to actually book consultations with me right away. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get that all set up on my laptop so that once we switch to the end, if someone wants to book a consultation right away, they'll be able to go through my laptop to my website and do that. Or you'd be able to book it straight through your smartphone. If you go to my website on your smartphone, you can do the same thing. So um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, 40 people at that workshop. And uh, when we come back after the break that's coming up, I will go into my usual format for day, for, to, uh, for my show rather, which is questions and comments from around the state of California. These are actual situations and questions that people have posted uh, on a site that I utilize. And I like going through and sharing these because I find a lot of people are in similar situations. And I hope that the information I pass on will help people uh, out there, even if I can't personally help them because I'm too far away or because it's not the area I practice in, in estate planning. Hopefully I can help them with some answers on the air. So this is your host, Attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio, and I'll talk with you on the other side of the break. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. And welcome back to the second segment of our show today. I'm going to jump now into questions and comments from around the state of California. And I'll start with one out of uh, my backyard uh, here in Santa Clara County. Well, not directly my backyard, but here in the county out of Los Altos Hills. Someone was asking a question uh, and said this. I heard of something on the lines of an estate with a will that that had $200,000 that the government charges $20,000 or 10% of the estate. While if it's in a living trust, all $200,000, 100% goes to the heir and bypasses the estate taxes. Is that the case? Well... Let me start first by saying there's a lot of things in the question that that actually are misunderstandings. First of all, um, the government does not charge a percentage of an estate that goes through a will or goes through a trust. The estate taxes are federal tax laws that deal with wealth transfer at death of very large estates. And by that, I mean now estates that are 
um, over what is it like uh, over twelve and a half million dollars. I think it is now. I'd have to go and double check that. I don't deal with extremely large estates, so I'm not as worried about uh, the actual number. But basically, over twelve million dollars of property. So a two hundred thousand dollar estate is not going to have any estate taxes at all. I think what the person might be thinking is that the cost of going through probate um, can be a significant percentage of someone's estate. Now, it's not really going to be 10%, um, but it could be 4 or 5% of the total value of the estate to go through the probate process. Um, a, the large amount of that is going to be the typical fee, uh, typical fees charged by an attorney to actually handle the probate. We have something called statutory fees, and those are fees that an attorney handling a probate is legally permitted to charge regardless of how simple or how complicated the probate happens to be. It's a commission, and it's basically for like a million-dollar estate, it's 4% of the first $100,000 of value of a state, 3% of the next uh, $100,000 of value of the state, and then 2% of the next $800,000 of value of a state. So uh, when you actually run the numbers, you realize that um, it's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, quite frankly, it's a lot of money just for a million-dollar estate. Uh, it's over $20,000 just in attorney's fees. Uh, then you have to pay the costs of uh, the the costs of publishing notice in a legal newspaper, filing fees to get into court, filing fees to close out the estate. Uh, a court-appointed appraiser called the probate referee who gets a commission based on the value of the estate that is appraised. And here's the kicker about probate and why I work so hard to uh, have my clients actually avoid probate whenever possible. And that is that probate fees, commissions, if you will, are calculated based on the fair market value of the assets being valued. Now, that's things like real estate, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, precious metals, works of art, um, perhaps even expensive automobiles and other things like that. Um, and it's the fair market value, not the net estate value. Let me explain what I mean by that. If you have a million-dollar house in the Santa Clara Valley, which, by the way, is not uncommon anymore, then that means it is a million-dollar asset in probate. That's true if the house is owned free and clear, meaning no mortgage. It's also true if the house has a $900,000 loan on it with $100,000 of equity. It's still a million-dollar asset in probate, and fees are calculated, commissions, if you will, are calculated on that million-dollar value, not the net value. The other thing is, if for some reason that property has more owing on it than it's worth, 
it's still valued at its market value, regardless of the fact that there is no equity in the property. So uh, I've had situations um, where it's come up that someone has died and it has been determined that their home is actually worth less than the liens against the home. That's like the mortgage and other things against the home. And the only thing the person really had in their taxable estate or in their estate rather was a home that had a big loan on it. Now, in a situation like that, I have sometimes advised the heirs to just walk away from the property. Don't even bother filing for probate because once you file for probate, you actually trigger all those fees and costs and commissions now being owed by the estate. And there may be nothing in the estate to pay for those fees and costs. So the bottom line is in some situations, the best thing to do is contact the lender, tell them the person has died, send them the keys to the house and walk away and let the lender go ahead and foreclose on the property following whatever procedure they would normally follow if they are not paid, if their loan has not been paid. That is something that I have recommended people do in the past. I've recommended it for uh, existing clients. I've recommended it for friends of mine. So that's the thing about probate and why I think Anyone who has a significant estate, and by that I mean property in their name or payable to their estate that's over $166,250. That's actually a magic number that's in the California Probate Code that determines the value of a state that has to go through probate if it's in someone's name or payable to their estate like a life insurance policy where the beneficiary died before the owner and now there's no beneficiary. It's going to get paid to the person's estate if there's no beneficiary name. Same thing with a retirement plan, an IRA, a 401k plan, any bank account or brokerage account. When you add all those things together, you may very well find that you have to go through probate. Using living trust-based estate planning you're not going to have to go through the probate process. And that is something I heartily recommend that people consider um, avoiding probate by doing proper estate planning. We're coming up now on the mid-show break. And uh, when we uh, when we get to that break, you'll have a few uh, commercial messages. Of course, that's how they pay the rent around here. But uh, on the other side of the break, we'll continue with more Plan Your Estate Radio This is your host, attorney, Bob Bergman. Talk with you then. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. I'm going to continue with more questions and comments from around the state of California. And uh, this one is a, uh, let's see, 
this one's actually a, a pretty good one because it raises a lot of uh, questions for a situation that um, I've seen um, just in the last month come into my office, um, very similar to this one. So this person's out of Los Angeles, and they said, My mother had a will and a living trust. She left everything to me, including her real estate, her only surviving child. My mother died in November of 2009. Okay, let's pause for a moment and think about that. That's just over 12 years ago. It says, I did nothing to transfer title. Um, and then the person said, there's no excuse for that. There's also no current mortgage due. I live on the premises of this real estate as my residence with my family. My husband and I pay the real estate property taxes. I would like to now transfer title to me and my husband as community property. And I'm looking for the best way possible without any reassessment for property tax or any other significant consequences. I would ask this person, first of all, um, have you been writing off the property taxes you've been paying on your tax return for the last 12 years? I'll just throw that out there as a question. Um, Because of mom's death in 2009, am I grandfathered in with the previous transfer rules from parent to child, or am I covered by Proposition 19, which would cause it possibly to be reassessed? Uh, What's the best way to handle this? Should I quit claim it and record a new deed? And uh, the kicker is, husband and I are senior citizens with very limited income. Well, I'll tell you, it's in Los Angeles, which means what I'm about to say uh, might have um, a variation on on things, uh, just because Los Angeles County Assessor might take a slightly different view of things. But generally speaking, Proposition 58, dealing with parent-to-child transfers, being excluded from reassessment uh, for a personal residence of any value. That should be the one that applies here because the parent's date of death was in 2009 and it would not have triggered a reassessment for the child in 2009, which means it should not trigger a reassessment if the child transferred the property now here in 2022. They need to make sure that their change of ownership report indicates on it uh, when they occupied the property, which means they may have been living there continuously. So put on there the date of death of mom as the transfer date and the date that was occupied as a residence. And then also the person needs to do a Proposition 58 parent-to-child exclusion form that identifies the relationship of the mother, and in this case, the daughter, and and also um, indicates, uh, it provides a copy of the trust showing the daughter is the only heir and beneficiary and entitled to receive the property. The daughter might very well have to first take the mother's title name off the title of the property by filing an affidavit of death of trustee or change of trustee. I tend to use a change of trustee, which is more inclusive than death of trustee. 
that will need a certified copy of the mother's death certificate to be attached to it. Get that recorded along with the deed transferring to uh, husband and wife as community property. Uh, If it's real estate there, they should probably consider uh, maybe putting that property into a trust themselves, especially if they have children they want to pass it on to. Uh, But at least getting it into community property with right of survivorship might be better than just plain old community property. And uh, all of these things probably should involve uh, having legal counsel assist with them because if you don't do the paperwork correctly, that could create issues down the line uh, if someone is actually trying to um, uh, if someone's actually trying to excuse me, I had to clear my throat there if someone wants to make sure that their property taxes are not reassessed. So I would suggest that uh, someone really seriously consider getting legal counsel for something like this because uh, because if you make a mistake, uh, you could end up with some very serious legal consequences because of that mistake. And I would hate for someone to actually end up uh, getting reassessed when they really shouldn't be reassessed just because... They did not really do the paperwork correctly. Um, Not doing the paperwork is what ends up with a lot of issues like reassessment issues when there isn't supposed to be a reassessment. So someone should really seriously consider getting legal assistance to help with this. Now, here's someone who is on Section 8 housing, which is housing for those that do not have uh, resources or very limited resources and apparently just received a significant inheritance and wants to find out um, how if there's an attorney they could hire to help them uh, not lose their Section 8 housing voucher because they now have all this money. I don't know that they're going to be able to avoid that Uh, Unless the person is, in fact, a disabled person, uh, recognized as legally disabled or a special needs person, in that case, an estate planning attorney could probably set up for them a special needs trust and put the inheritance in there. It would then have somebody else handling it for this individual. It would not interfere with the benefits that they're receiving. But as a special needs trust, it would also have a legal requirement that on the death of the person that um, they would have to, uh, their trust would first have to pay back any uh, monies that were paid out on their behalf uh, if they were receiving uh, something else other than just receiving uh, Section 8 housing. So an estate planning attorney might be able to help this person, but it's very possible that no attorney could help avoid losing the uh, Section 8 housing voucher. Okay, here out of Redondo Beach, California. Okay, this is a um, situation. My aunt fell, went to the hospital again, has been in a nursing home in South Pasadena for two months. She agrees she can't keep living on her own, 
may need to move into um, to stay in a nursing home, um, maybe a new one, maybe the same one. Her house is in Duarte. I live in Redondo Beach. We need advice on Medicaid planning, whether to sell the house to pay for her care and me getting a power of attorney from my aunt so I can assist her. Should I choose an attorney near me or 20 plus miles away where my aunt is? Does that matter? I do not think my aunt will want to talk with the attorney and just wants me to, quote, take care of things. Well, the aunt's going to have to end up talking to the attorney um, because if the aunt wants to do Medicaid planning, which is called Medi-Cal planning here in California, in other words, planning to try to qualify to have government assistance to pay for uh, some some of her nursing home care uh, without selling her personal residence, by the way, um, then you're going to need to work with an elder law attorney that can both uh, meet with the uh, niece, niece or nephew. Don't know if it's a niece or nephew. Uh, let's assume a niece uh, to work with the niece and with the aunt to do the medical planning. Now, I say this uh, because... If the aunt is still mentally competent, she can be involved in her own planning. And there's a lot of planning that could be done to actually qualify the aunt for nursing home assistance. She might have to pay directly for a couple of months before she gets qualified on Medi-Cal. But still, it is likely possible. I don't have enough information to determine if it actually would be completely possible. But it certainly is uh, in the realm of possibility that she'd be able to um, to actually do this medical, uh, do the planning rather. And so I would take the position that um, probably the best thing would be to have the um, the attorney be closest to the person that is going to be doing regular working with the attorney. And that would probably be the niece. So I would vote for an attorney near the niece and then um, either bringing the aunt to speak with the attorney or arranging a Zoom meeting from the nursing home so that the aunt can actually talk with the attorney. Papers can be moved back and forth and signed and notarized without someone being in the attorney's office. So that's kind of what I would go for. Well, we're coming up on the third break for the show today when we come back. I'll take her home as we go rounding the far curve and heading for the finish line. This is attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll catch you for the final segment of the show in just a few minutes. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, Attorney Bergman. And welcome back for the final segment of our show today. I'm going to finish up with a couple more questions and comments from around the state of California. And uh, let me go into this one here. Okay, Uh, from Fullerton, California. My parents have a living trust set up for their estate, and it spells out clearly in that trust 
how things are to be split between my siblings and myself um, in the event of their passing. My parents want to give me power of attorney now over their financials and health decisions while they are of sound mind and body. They're in their early 80s now. In the event they're not able to make certain decisions about those things, uh, that's if they were to become incapacitated. How do I obtain the correct paperwork to do that, and what does that entail? Well, I'll start start first by saying that um, when an estate plan is prepared, it typically will include a financial power of attorney and an advanced health care directive as part of the planning. If the parents don't already have those documents, that suggests to me that either they prepared the trust on their own and didn't realize there's other things that are part of an estate plan, or someone prepared it for them and didn't realize that there were other legal documents that should be prepared as part of the estate plan. Uh, in, in a case like this, if they want to quickly act rather than get an attorney involved uh, just to get something down and dirty in place before maybe consulting with an attorney about getting more uh, specific uh, documents. There's the statutory form Durable Power of Attorney uh, and the statutory form Advanced Healthcare Directive, both California forms, both readily available by searching on the Internet for Power of Attorney California, Advanced Healthcare Directive California. Um, forms can be downloaded, filled out, typically uh, signed, dated, and notarized. Um, I don't necessarily recommend that as the ultimate solution for these people uh, because uh, there are limitations on the statutory forms, and I do have issues with the statutory forms as not really being as comprehensive as they really should be, especially if someone needs to do, for example, medical planning, like the uh, question we were talking about uh, prior to the, the, the last break. Um, but that is some way to at least get something in place right away, down and dirty, um, so that they're, they have something that they can actually work with. It's not the ultimate answer, and I really don't consider it to be the ultimate answer, but it's certainly something that might be able to help this family in the short term. Okay, um, in California, can the sole beneficiary of a revocable living trust also be the sole trustee? My father named me the sole beneficiary of his living trust and also the sole trustee after he dies. He's still alive and currently he's the sole trustee of his trust. That makes sense. The only asset in the trust is our home. I'm an only child and my mother died many years ago. And again, I'm my father's only heir. The answer is absolutely you can be the sole trustee after your father dies. Or if he becomes incapacitated, you could be the sole trustee. In fact, that's probably the most common situation that will arise when a parent passes away. Uh, That situation being that now they have a child or children taking over as trustees perhaps a brother or sister, perhaps perhaps a niece or nephew, in some cases a close personal friend, other cases a professional individual trustee 
or a bank or trust company. But having the sole beneficiary be the sole trustee after the parent dies, that's probably the most common situation I see in my practice. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's see. Skip that one right there. All right. Okay. My wife's mother paid off a condo, and she had a trust done with an attorney. My wife was made trustee with her aunt, um, the the my wife's mother's sister, as second trustee after my wife. And it says when our daughter turns eighteen, she receives the property. She's twelve now. My wife has passed away. And I'm curious where my daughter's uh, rights stand or if she has any influence on this. Well, it sounds like what the person's saying is that her wife's uh, aunt, excuse me, is now the trustee of this trust with his daughter being the actual um, being the actual beneficiary of the trust and gets it when she turns age 18. Well, as the guardian for the daughter, um, she probably or he probably has the right for uh, accountings or to be kept informed on behalf of his child uh, just what's happening with that property. <clears throat> Presumably it's being rented out um, and is uh, getting income. Without seeing the trust, it's hard to really uh, give a definitive answer. So I want to let you all know we're about to end the show today. Remember, I do have that estate planning workshop coming up on February 12th. You can visit lawbob.com for more information or go to eventbrite.com and search for workshop on February 12th. Until next week, this is attorney Bob Bergman. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com, or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.